This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon. It's Friday. It's going to be a good day. Almost a full show for you. We're here till 645. We got till 645, then we give you up to Vandergrift. Uh, Vandergrift versus uh, Stony Point tonight. We will get you over to Vandergrift at 645. We're with you till 645. So we get you plenty of information. Talking a lot about Texas and Wyoming. A little bit more Sark audio from yesterday. Getting you ready. Getting you uh, kind of a more scouting report on Wyoming. How Texas needs to play in this game. Shouldn't be too bad, but we'll get you there. Uh, we'll talk about some other college football games. Not a great week in college football. This is kind of the preseason week three where everybody's really trying to just get the get their teams ready for conference play. We'll get into a lot more NFL talk, Cowboys, Texans, and some of the bigger games this week. We'll get into all of that here on the Sports Complex. I'm your host, Patrick Davis. You can follow me online at It's Patrick Davis. And joining me today for a good old Friday show, my man Jacob Standard. You can follow him at Jacob Standard. Jacob, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? You know, it's Friday. It's been a long week. It has been a long week. Even though I had short shows, I still had a lot of work to do. But uh, I, I'm excited for a Friday show. I always love when you get to come in here and we get to have a little bit of fun on a Friday and and uh, and talk some Texas football. It's more fun to talk Texas football this week, isn't it? No, oh, it's absolutely more fun to talk Texas football this week and this season even. Yeah. it's. It, it, I know, and I, I've gotten in trouble because some people are saying that I'm, I'm the uh, buzzkill guy. I'm not. Look, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid like everybody else. I'm just saying a little bit, just a little patient, because I think this team could be even better than they look right now. And that's what I'm going for. I think they could be better than what they look like right now. And that's the kind of stuff you want to see in this Wyoming game, because that's really where you want to see them step up and take care of business. You know, this is a team that, for Texas in history, normally they don't necessarily cover the spread in games. Like, this Wyoming's a good team. It's going to be hard to cover the spread in this game. If they do, I'll be very impressed. Uh, you know, it's like I think it's four or five touchdowns the to spread. Ooh. So it, it, it's a big enough spread. It's a pretty large touchdown for a team that beat a you know Big Twelve school in Texas Tech this season. So like I get it, I get why Texas because Texas betters will bet on everything. Sure, uh, but that's not really what you're looking for for Texas. What you're looking for is to see the O line play well. You're looking for uh, to see you know to continue the things that you've been doing well. Uh, we do have some audio from Sark. So we'll keep playing some audio through this and bring us through. And I think we'll play. We didn't play it yesterday. We'll play the opening statement, kind of give you where uh, Sark is, the program is, going into this game, going into week three after getting through Alabama. The celebration has to be done now. You have to move on to, to Wyoming. Here's uh, Sark uh, yesterday in his media availability. Off, Really exciting to, uh, to be getting back to DKR Saturday night. 
um, looking forward to a, to a great environment. Um, I know, you know, there's a lot of excitement from our students and our fans um, to get a chance to, to watch our team play again. So we're looking forward to that. And I, I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, congratulate the 11 legends uh, going into the hall of honor this week. Um, two football players, you know, Quan Cosby and Jonathan Scott, uh, what, what a tremendous honor for them. Um, and, and so we're looking, looking forward to, to celebrating with them on that, but also looking forward to watching our team improve. You know, we've talked about early in the week and we've been talking to the team all week that championship teams Im- improve and get better as the season goes on. And we didn't come into the first couple ball games of the season as a finished product. We've got plenty of room for improvement. And I think that uh, the veteran leaders on our team have done a nice job this week of getting everybody kind of recentered, refocused and, and getting back to work. And so uh, looking forward to the opportunity to, uh, like I said, to get back on the field here Saturday night and uh, for, in a great environment at DKR. And so that's it. It's you want to improve, you want to build on things. And, and so this is going to be a big, I, I want to see how Sark calls this game. Uh, I'm curious to see if we are going to see Sark believe that Texas is going to beat Wyoming and not really care about the final score or whatever and go, I know we can beat them. So I want to work on things that we've talked about this week, like trying to run the ball better in the first half. Uh, Wyoming actually has a pretty good run defense. Uh, I think uh, Texas Tech averaged 2.8 yards per uh, attempt on the ground. Uh, Portland State, they played in week two, was 2.3 yards per attempt. So they they have a run defense. Their front seven is pretty good. Uh, So that is something that Sark may try early. Now, if you realize that passing, though, you can throw it over the top of them. And Texas definitely has the ability to do that. So the question will be, does Sark early go to the thing that you know will work, spread the ball out wider, get past that front seven, and put it out and play and play against their secondary? Or does he go and say, we're going to work on our stuff because we want to improve it and we want to see where we're at? And, and I think, too, if C.J. Baxter is not playing, he's a game-time decision. I, I don't – I mean, I get you want to get Jonathan Brooks there, too. But I, this is this may be the point of let's work on the running game in the second half. Right. We get it. It'll be there. Uh, but you may not have to specifically just try and, uh, you know, not respect Wyoming in that way. Because we saw with Rice, they handled Rice, but it was a little bit closer than it needed to be at half. Uh, the Texas Tech game, Texas Tech was up 17 nothing against Wyoming. They they respect them enough to come out, but then got loose, and Wyoming was able to come back and send it to overtime. But this is a team, I'm going to be curious to see the early play calling if Sark does try and run the ball a lot more. Yeah, no, I think you. I think you'll see it early. Yeah, but I also think it could be beneficial that I know they connected on the deep ball to Worthy in the Alabama game, and everyone praised it. The deep ball is back, but I think it could be very beneficial against a team you know you can probably get behind to connect on a few of those and get the get the confidence in that ball just that much further along. Yeah, and I mean, and also you don't even have to throw all deep balls. You can throw those passes that Xavier Worthy dropped in and JT Sanders dropped yeah, in. Yeah, the and little that quick out move. Yeah. But just things that are 10 yards downfield. Right. Those passes that are 10 yards downfield, you're going to get past. If it's 10 yards and outside, you're probably not playing against a linebacker. And especially if you run a play action against this team, I, I feel like Wyoming's going to bite pretty hard on play actions because it goes to their strength. Right. So if you go into those kind of plays – you know, you can probably get the ball outside and get some easy passes and get some rhythm for Quinn Ewers, get him feeling good, and then you can go to those deep balls, and then that's the one where you kind of pull away at the end of the first half in the second half where you can do whatever you want, and then once you get those deep balls, you can start running the ball. Uh, looking at Wyoming, here's Sark uh, talking about 
Wyoming and uh, his kind of easy, quick scouting report for uh, Wyoming? I think, first of all, as you guys have heard me say before, I think teams ultimately take on the personality of their head coach. And uh, Coach Bowl has been doing it a long time. And he's been doing it at a high level at multiple places. He's always been really successful. His teams have always been gritty, hard-nosed, and tough. They play a physical brand of football. Uh, and this team is no different. You know, they, they love to run the football. They love to do it a variety of ways with, with, the, with the personnel groupings, the shifts, the motions uh, to come downhill at you. Um, and then they, they utilize the play-action pass and they utilize the quarterback legs to, uh, to take advantage of that. I think defensively, it's a really veteran group. This is a very smart defense. Is as much as they are tough and hard nosed, they're, they're very intelligent in the way they go about their business. Um, they've got a really good pressure package, uh, especially on third down and in the red area that that they that they execute really well. Um, they do a good job defending the run. I don't think that they have given up a hundred yards yet in the season uh, stopping the run. Um, and so, and then they, they have confidence in their DBs to, to cover people. So ultimately, again, I think all those things are kind of a byproduct of who the head coach is. And if you can go back through coach bowls career, all his teams historically have played that way. And, and this team's really no different than that. So he, he touched on a lot of things you're going to go into. They're going to try and run the ball. That's kind of their identity. They have a, uh, Andrew Peasley's their quarterback. He's a six year QB. So he is a guy that has been around and played for Utah state before he went to Wyoming He's a good player. He's going to know what he does, but he's not necessarily the greatest downfield pass. So they don't necessarily have, you know, the, one of their better wide receivers, Isaiah Naor, is now playing for Texas. Ooh. So, you know, you don't necessarily have all the weapons. They're going to try and run the ball uh, on Texas a lot. The question is, can that front line? So defensively for Texas, this is, can you stop Wyoming and get away and, and not even let them? You, the defense has played really well. Defense played really well against Rice. Defense played really well against Alabama. They let a couple things slip in Alabama early on. The run defense was a little loose for for Texas. I don't. I don't I, they they shorted up pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, but you're going to have to be able to figure out that run defense. And I want to see how that run defense does for Texas against this Wyoming team because you know that's what they're going to be trying to do. And now they may break tendency because it is a big game for them. Uh, but this team seems pretty. They're just tough and hard-nosed, and it's not a thing so much as we're going to call this trick play and we're going to break tendency and go out and you know and try and beat you with some flares and stuff. We know what we do, and we're just going to run it at you, and we hope that we're tougher than you and we'll just walk you down, and we'll go. If you can stop that for Texas, that is where you get a little bit more, uh, more confidence going to the Big 12 schedule. Yeah, no doubt. I think um... – that's all great, and it's it's good coach speak from Sark to you know respect your opponent. Yeah. Don't take the Colorado State route, um, but uh, <laughs> I I think I think the bigger the bigger question you should look at is can Texas look like the clearly dominant team? Yeah. Like if you're going to be a four touchdown favorite, let's go out there and win by four touchdowns. Like let's go look clearly dominant than this Wyoming team, no matter what they're running. Exactly, and that's the the you know you could say let's run our head into a brick wall and you know, try and run all this fancy defense and not try and just stop the run and try and, you know, pressure the quarterback more. But they're just going to run. If the more you try and pressure the quarterback, the more they're going to run. So you maybe, you know, don't blitz as much and just kind of really try and stop that run game. And on the other side of the ball, you just have to throw the ball. I know that's contrary to everything we've said for years to Sark is just throw the ball. But there's a team that, you know, especially if C.J. Baxter plays, 
then you'll be able to get him a few reps in there. But if you say it's Jonathan Brooks, Jaden Bluth, they're both good players, but you're you know you're not necessarily you're kind of running into their strength. Yeah. So you may want to wait a little bit on that one and open everything up. Have them have to push back the linebackers. And then when you just go RO line versus their D line, we should be able to handle enough to get four or five yards of carry. Uh, and so it, I think it's going to be that chess game that we'll see. And I think one of the big things, too, I've noticed uh, or you look at statistically for, for Wyoming, is they're not a great third down team. They're not terrible, but they're not a great third down team. They really try and get – uh, enough yardage and yard and first and second down to kind of get there quick, and if they don't, they stall out a lot. Okay. So a lot of their drives that get to third down stall out. Uh, so I think if you're looking at what you want to do at Texas, is don't allow that big first down. If you can stop them on that early down, if you can stop them on first down, and either it's an incompletion or it's a yard a yard gain or something like that, and put them into a second and long and knock them off schedule, yeah, then that's a real easy way to get them to kind of peter out. Because they're very much built on being on schedule. And, you know, in the Tech game later on in that game, they got a bit more aggressive because they had to be because they were down. And that's where they started to go for it more on third down and, and try and throw, you know, get some bigger chunk plays. They went for it on a fourth down and got it. So there's there's some things they've done to not always have that tendency. But I think early on in this game, in the first half, where you're trying to build that lead against them, that you should be able to hopefully keep that Texas Tech didn't that you're able to say, look, if we stop them on first down, we've knocked them off schedule. Now they're trying to figure out, can they run the ball again on second and second and nine, second and ten? Because now if they don't, if they go that and it's third and six, well, they're they're screwed. Yeah, well, that should be a priority of Texas's defense in the first place, no matter yeah. the opponent. With a D-line like that, you want to get people behind the chains on third down and just let those dudes go to work. Yeah, and I mean, there's certain teams you play, like Alabama's a team you just need to stay in front of. Yeah. So it was you could give them two or three yards at points as long as you didn't allow Milton to get around you and get to the outside. Which they did a couple times. Which they did. And yeah. so you want to stay in front of those. This isn't that team. You're going to be faster than this team. You know, you're going to have other guys around. You'll be able to uh, have a party at the football with this team on the defense. It's more the question of can you get big stops on first, second down in drives pretty quickly because those first, second down stops can really help you in drives. And again, I, I you ideally like to do that on everybody, but we know if you play and Texas Tech is another example. Texas Tech's going for it on a lot of fourth downs. We know they are. <laughs> so you could say, well, we stopped them for three yards. We stopped them for three yards. We stopped them for three yards. Well, they got three yards. They get a first down. Yeah. And it, that kind of theory, you know, when you have a team that you know is going to be just steadfast, we're going for it on fourth down, it's a different philosophy than a team that's on third and six doesn't really, that either tries to throw something that doesn't complete a lot of passes out of it, doesn't necessarily pick up that third and six very well. Uh, and they're not going for third and – they're not going for on four, so they're not going to go for a third and run the ball again and get in a manageable fourth down. Yeah, you can kind of predict them a little bit easier. So that's why those early down plays are so important. It is also – it is, you said it, respect for Wyoming. And Sark talked about it because, you know, he was asked about after you beat Alabama – you go in this, you, you beat Rice, you beat Alabama – Teach getting your kids, getting your game plan, everything to have the respect to understand that this is a team that maybe it's a little bit easier because you can say, Hey guys, they upset Texas Tech. Texas Tech beat us last year. Maybe we should, you know, have a little bit more respect. Is there a little bit easier to have respect for a team when they already have that win? Here's Sark. I think so. I think I think people are figuring out rice might be a little better than than people thought too. So I don't know. Um, but anyhow, um, 
yeah, I think it's helpful uh, when you can turn the tape on and and they they the way they play tech and quite frankly in that game, you know, they fall behind 17 to nothing quick. And I think when you talk about the grit that Wyoming has, the fact that they continue to fight back in that game, got the game into overtime and then ultimately won in overtime, I think again just speaks to, you know, we're going to play four quarters in this game Saturday night because you know, Wyoming is going to is going to stand in there, you know, one play at a time. And that play four quarters. One of the other factors in this game, Wyoming has turned the ball over twice in both their first two games. Texas has been very good with the ball. Now, against Alabama, the ball bounced their way. They had they dropped the ball. They put it on the field three times. They ended up with it all three times. Felt good, didn't it? it no, it is because, I, you know, how many times we've been on the other end of that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. How many times? So, you know, you, you work. And, and part of that, too, JT Sanders was behind some of those. And he's, you know, he's doing what he's trained to do, which is – when you're running behind this guy, you're you're a fumble recovery guy. Yeah, and Jonathan and Jonathan Brooks on the uh, bobbled snap on fourth down. That's his job to be behind. If the ball comes out, you get it. He's watching for it, so they're prepared for it. They're doing the right thing. It's not all luck that the ball bounced their way. However, you know you you are you have to be careful of that going into another game. You don't want to give uh, teams that you should be able to beat multiple opportunities. You can look at uh, the Monday Night Football game a perfect example of a team that had no business winning that game, but because of turnovers, the Jets are in at the end of the game. They're able to make a couple big plays, and they win the game. You don't want to give Wyoming any door into this because you decide we're going to try and force the deep ball, and you know you're, you start calling plays like you used to. Uh, well, we're throwing to Xavier Worthy, and I yeah. don't care what it is. We're throwing to Xavier Worthy, and they, and they put two guys over on him, and they get a good pass, pass rush. Quinn thrown off his back foot and throws it into coverage. You don't want those kind of terms. You don't want Quinn to be holding on to it for too long in the backfield uh, looking for something to develop downfield and take a hit and drop the ball. No, you're exactly right because it, that those breaks that went their way could very easily be three turnovers the other direction like yeah. you mentioned earlier. And we could be staring at a Josh Allen situation if they just dial up deep ball after deep ball and Quinn's just – I mean, we're basically arm punting it 60 yards down the field. Exactly. And, you know, we saw, we'll talk more about the game last night, but we saw last night there was a, tur- a insanely <laughs> costly turnover in that game that was a couple inches either way where the ball goes out of the end zone. Yeah. And it's a, it's a touchdown. It's two inches away from a touchdown, and it's a turnover ball going the other way. You get ball at the 25-yard line. So those types of plays are, you just want to make sure, and you want to be able to force the turnovers. You want to win this turnover margin like you've been doing. All these things, you go, if you can put all these together, it it changes how other teams have to game plan for you going forward. The more pieces you show that you are able to fix and that you're able to improve on means as you get into Big 12 play and these coaches are trying to exploit any weakness you have, the more you kind of take those off the table, the less they're going to go attack them over and over and over again. But if bunch formations and motion and stuff like that is going to catch you off guard at points and your your secondary may not be, you know, some there's different formations you're lining up in 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 defense where guys are able to come out and you know, they know, okay, well we can do this and move this guy around and he's going to be one-on-one with the safety and we got a speedster. Yeah. So we can put the ball up there. Those types of things, the more you kind of show different looks and show that you can cover those the easier it makes it once you get into Big 12 play. And we had on the text line, by the way, if you want to join the conversation, 512-337-3776, 512-337-3776. But the more you get into 
uh, you know, you've been really good with penalties the first couple weeks. Now you're coming back home, and Sold it shouldn't crowd. be it shouldn't be crowd noise volume on offense the same way it was at Bryant Denny. And I know you you got them pretty quiet there at the end. Yeah, but that you're able to still have that focus to not be picking up silly penalties. You don't want to give them a you know we say they're not a good third down team. You don't want to give them a third down and eight that becomes a third down and three because you jumped. I know you may go after a punt or something. You don't want to give them another set of downs. And, and, and all this should be, arbi- like, it should be. When I'm saying all this, this all should be arbitrary stuff to try and get us closer to covering than winning. It should be. If we're talking about the team that we saw play last week and what we've seen of Wyoming, like, no B-Tech, but still, this should be, hey, we're having, we're being, we're getting really into it for a team that should be able to win handily, right? Right. Uh, and we're saying the difference is 14 points, 21 points, 28 points. Yeah. However, we know it's college football, and anything can happen. And if you if you compound those mistakes, that you do have penalties, and you do have turnovers, and you do, you do not stop the run game, all of those things can compound to, well, now it's a seven-point game in the fourth quarter, and now anything can happen. Now, a bad snap can cost you a game and really hurt your season, even though you're a top-five team. Don't think that's going to happen. I love watching all your years as a Texas fan just <laughs> slowly start to talk you off this ledge of a 28-point win by the Longhorns. No, I want to see. I, I, I think they should be able to do it. And, and they I should, got, yeah. I have more confidence in this team for, for one major reason so far, and that is the leadership uh, on the players' side. And I know they've had it before. I know Sam Ellinger was a great leader on this team. Uh, I know Bijan Rochon were great leaders on this team. I think the leadership on this team, with the skill level, with all the pieces coming together this season, that they're really bought into what's what's happening. Oh, it the, feels like a rare combination. And and something I brought up yesterday, Keelan Robinson. When you saw Keelan Robinson after the game going over to the, the Alabama recruit section and being like, come to Texas, y'all need to come to Texas. That's a guy who's a leader on this team and has taken a hugely diminished role in the first two games. Yeah. He was with Bijan and Roshan, getting more carry, getting more targets, more playing time, all of that. Then he and is now, now I think he will be later in the year, but he's bought in to knowing, okay, there's going to be bigger matchups. This, to, this game in Wyoming may be a better matchup for Keelan Robinson because if they're going to front seven, really try and stop you at the line of scrimmage, you may not want to run through the, the A gap and B gap and all that as much. So Keelan Robinson, a guy that you may be able to put out on a little out and screen passes and all that stuff, who can catch the ball better than uh, Jonathan Brooks has shown that he can. Yeah, he may get more carries in this game. He knows that there will be times for him to go, but that type of leadership to have the guys still being on it and the the fact they called a players only meeting this week to basically have the veterans on this team and the leaders on this team make sure everybody's on the same page that we don't. Man, and we we don't expect to be here next year. We're we're passing the keys to you, but y'all better let us get in, drafted in the NFL, right? And we need your help to get there. So I I think there's a lot of positive you can look into. Of we know the talents there. It seems to be the mental part is there now too. Uh, and, and you know we see Quinn Ewers looks really good in that game. And part of that is finding out what he does, figuring out his confidence in there, and letting him get it. You know they got him in that rhythm where you're not just immediately throwing the ball down the field. And having him have three or four incompletions before you try and get him that rhythm, you get it in his head. You say, "Okay, we can move the ball a little bit." Yeah, what they ice like the last seven minutes of the clock. Yeah, I mean that's 
you you have to feel great coming out of a game doing that to somebody. It does, and I feel for Jonathan Brooks. It's you know he's done such a good job of running through the A gap and B like what he can do there, and we know he has speed. He runs to me like a Texas running back does, where he is he has the elite playmaking ability, but he also is just tough and can take those hits. And you, if he gets touched a yard behind the line of scrimmage, he can still get you four or five yards. And that's what he was doing in that Alabama game in the last seven minutes. And that stuff right there, that's Texas running back to me. That's demoralizing, too. Yeah. I it's mean, just that's... toughness. So you want to see him continue to take a step, especially if C.J. Baxter does not play in this game. I'm assuming Baxter, if he does play, will probably not play a ton. No. Because, again, you're hoping that if he does play, then you know, you're – You've got things figured out a little bit more, yeah. And you've got your you've got the lead. And why would you put a guy who's hurt, you if, know, in more risk before you get to Big Twelve play? It's a long season. If there's even a question mark, like if you're expected to win by 28 points, let's let's go ahead and save them. Yeah, and, and so we know this Texas offense, even if they don't have a great game, is going to be able to put up some points on Wyoming. We know that they're going to be able to put up some points, whether it's 50 or whether it's 25. You're going to put up some. So for me, it comes down to more of the defense. Can the defense for four quarters come out and basically just shut down Wyoming and show that this is a really good defense that, you know, like you had Alabama that hit some big plays on top of you. And you need to clean that up, but that's also Alabama. And those guys are NFL caliber players, and those guys are next-level players. Yeah. So, you know, when you're a one-on-one coverage with those guys, it's hard. They're really good. And now you're playing in Wyoming, and a lot of Big 12 guys – that the speed is not going to be the same. And so their, their schematics may be better. There may be plays drawn up specifically to attack you better than Alabama drew them up. However, you should be able to physically and talent level-wise compete a little bit better. So for me, a lot of it comes down to how does this defense hold a Wyoming team down for four quarters? Are you able to basically try and make Andrew Peasley a quarterback who wants to be a tough knows I'm going to run the ball and I'm going to, you know, we're going to lead this team. We're going to march down the field to maybe better take shots over the top because that's our only hope. Like they're killing us if we're trying to get up on them. And then be able to play man in the back end, get some interceptions, get some turnovers, uh, those types of things. That for me is the question. So that takes us to Patrick's Big Fat Poll today. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the day on the horn. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the day. You can join the conversation. 512-337-3776 is our text line. Which Longhorn defender will have the biggest game on Saturday? Is it going to be a is it going to be a DB? Are you going to have, you know, is there is Jaron Thompson going to come back and get another pick in this game? Are you going to have Jade Barron have a big game? Oh man, I'm looking at I'm looking at Ethan Burke. Ethan uh, Burke, if he, are you going to get some pass rush in there? Is he going to be able to go? Is it Tavondre Sweat again like he did against Rice? Where he mm. looked dominant up the middle, and mm. if you're talking about a, game, a team that wants to run, if Devondre Sweat can get in the middle and shut down, split double and, teams, and, yeah, exactly and, yeah. that type of thing. Is he going to be their guy? Is, is Anthony Hill going to come up and, and parlay what he was able to do last week into just being an athletic freak against a team of guys that want to be hard nosed? And he just goes, "I'm just better than you. Yeah. I'm just better than you." Hey, Anthony, <laughs> we just want you to line up outside and just go be an athlete, dude. Just go chase the football. So tell us on the text line, 512-337-3776. Which Longhorn defender is going to have the biggest game on Saturday? Who do you think it is? We want to know that. 512-337-3776. We come back. We will get into some other college football games, news, all of that. Coming up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Back on a five one two Friday here on the Horn, playing some some jams. You can go check out uh, around the Austin area. And this is our guy Tomar in the FCs. Tomar Williams, uh, a friend of mine, fan of the show. Hey. Uh, he, this Tomar in the FC is one of the best bands in Austin. They're actually going to be playing part of Longhorn City Limits this weekend. Really? Uh, they're going to be opening up for Big Boy oh. down at Longhorn City Limits before the Wyoming game. So you can go check out Tomar in the FCs a little bit early and then go stick around and, and check out Big Boy. Oh, yeah. And I, I have to, I'll have i tell you this thing about the stick around because I just said it. And it's one of the funniest things. So in, in music, this is the thing you know, I always have to tell younger bands is the stick around is not the right thing to say. Because what will happen is a band, you'll you'll book a nice, a good young band to open for a band that draws 200 people. Okay. And they'll draw four people. And they will then play to the 200 people. And after, and the 200 people are like, yeah, you man, you're good. And they'll be like, hey, stick around for the band you came to see. You're like, don't, don't say stick around, like, say the next band's coming up, hype yeah. up the next band. But the stick around, I think they were going to. That's why they came. <laughs> That's why they bought the ticket. So the whole stick around thing is just when you're like, I know it's weird, it's it's just a natural, and everybody says it. Yeah. But sometimes you just have to be like, oh, don't say it, because it does come off like, hey, guys, we know who you came to see. Right. You came to see the opener. Hey, guys, show's <laughs> over, but if you want to see these guys, I guess stick around. Stick and, around for the uh-huh. headliners. <laughs> it's, I, it's always just a funny thing, but I just said, that, yeah, stick around for big boy. So what's so the, go see Tomer and the FCs, then stick around from the guy from Outcast. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> go listen to Shutterbug. <laughs> I'm sure you never heard of that guy, right? No. <laughs> uh, but that'll be cool out at Longhorn City Limits. Uh, by the way, I do want to apologize. Uh, I want to send an apology out to Jalen Ford that I not list him off in the, the players that may be the best defensive player in the game. Ooh. I feel I saw it pop up on the text line. And we'll get to read your text here in the next segment, 512-337-3776. Which Longhorn defender will have the biggest game on Saturday? I did not list Jalen Ford in that in when I uh, before the break, and I want to apologize to to Mr. Ford, yeah. to the Ford family. <laughs> Starting to sound like the national media just kind of pretending Jalen Ford doesn't exist. Yeah, and, pretending yeah. that he shouldn't have been the Big Twelve right. Defensive Player of the Year last yeah. year. Yeah, so that's yeah, Jalen Ford clearly is on that list. Yeah, but one hundred percent. Yeah, it was rhetorical. Uh, it we was just, rhetorical. Yeah. <laughs> we had someone asked about the and the way you phrase it was the Quinn and Jalen Ford team meeting. I think you mean the players meeting. The players-only meeting that was called uh, after basically Sark met with the team on Monday. Yep. He then was talking about, hey, we got to move past this. We have to go. You know, it's about every week. I get it. Alabama was great. We need to be focused. Quinn called Sark and said, hey, can we have a players-only meeting? And it was basically to have guys like Jalen Ford who who said, I I don't have to be here this year. I could have gone pro last year. 
And I chose to come back because I had unfinished business. Yeah. But I need y'all's help to finish that business so you guys can't have dumb penalties. You guys can't allow big plays over the top because you because you think, oh, well, you saw what I did against Alabama. Then I, I don't have to work as hard in practice. And I don't have to I don't have to necessarily scout out Wyoming. I'll beat those guys. So it was just, I think, that of, hey, let's get on the same page. We're all trying to win the same thing, but let's let's get on the same page. I, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, I it's it's probably the the much happier players only meeting than the other side of it, where is you get after you lose to Wyoming, yeah, and then that players only meeting. I'd yeah. much rather it be before you play them. You go ahead and handle business, uh, and just say, look, this team, they they're you know uh, something that a lot of the players have talked about throughout the offseason is how close they feel as a team, mm-hmm. and that is Sark and, and and Bianco and everybody on that staff has made a real big point to get this team to. Uh, to get together and, and do activities outside of football and everything else to really feel like family. So it's just one of those things of like, hey man, let's have a family meeting real quick and get all on the same page. And we don't because we don't want to come off as also on the sideline we see you not paying attention, like we're coming down on you because we're the we're the seniors and you're the freshmen. We don't want that. Yeah, no, we hold people accountable always. Yeah, so it's yeah. like don't like let's just let's just nip that in the bud now. And realize this is why we are going to be this way because, again, some of us could have gone last year pro I and love, decided not to. I love that Quinn, Jalen Ford, and the other leaders on the team thought yeah. maybe it's getting a little too sweet around here. Yeah. I, yeah, and I think it was just, hey, man, we we get it because I think they had a bit of that last year. When they lost to Alabama, I think there was a bit of, okay, we're the next level team. Like we saw, we, we almost beat. We almost did it. Yeah, we almost, you saw and, and the ball just bounced the wrong way and we yeah. got a couple bad breaks. But we could have beaten them. If Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, we win that game. And they kind of rode that out the rest of yeah, the way. Yeah, and there was parts yeah. of it where some people maybe in practice felt a little bit bigger. And I, look, it's natural. They're, they're, again, they're 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids. Sure. I, I, don't, I don't blame any, but it's nice to see. But what I'm saying is one of the things I love about this team is the leadership on it, on the team itself, seems to be very focused on trying to get to the next level. And that's what you want to see. Is getting the next level and, and trusting the coaching staff. To the coaching staff says, "Hey, this week these guys can do some damage. These guys can do this. You need to pay attention and, and look at this guy right here. Like realize that this guy would be would be on our roster. This guy would be ahead of some of y'all. So like pay attention. Yeah. Not everyone on this team respect them, but yeah, respect yeah. them. So I, I do like that one. Uh, it's some interesting stuff in college football. Uh, the report came out today that." Alabama may be thinking a change at quarterback. No. That and I think this is too Dems trying to see before the season if like they're like, look, we, we were kind of figuring Miller was going to screw up before, and then by the time we were too we were too far into the Texas game to pull him. Right. But you know, we, we want to try. I know this is gonna be Tommy Reese's guy. Tyler Buckner uh was a sophomore transfer. He went he was at Notre Dame with him, Tommy Reese. Yep. So I think Tommy Reese wants to see if he can go in there and run this system a little bit better. Not turn the ball over, be a bit more of a game manager. But he won't have the legs, but he will be able to play. He'll be able to do a lot more of the intermediate game. He'll be able to do a lot more things that Jalen Milrow is not his expertise. Yeah, this guy was the starter at Notre Dame before he got hurt. I think it was yeah. week two. And so I, I, I get why they're going to do it in a week where you should be able to handle your business, you should be able to move on, and then you see as you go into SEC play. Uh, if you're going to be, if he's a guy you want to go, or you want to go back to Milrow. Well, I think it depends on what you want the identity of your offense to be. Yeah. Well, and you want to see can this can he play at that level 
or is it basically we're going to take the guy that we we would rather Milro is the guy we want to be the starter. Can but if we're giving Bugner a shot, does he take the job? Because Milro yeah. didn't take the job. Right. He went out there and did okay, but he turned the ball over. He didn't win the game. Tried to use his legs to make up for some bad throws. And, yeah. Yeah. So it was. So you just say he didn't win the starting job. So now we'll go give this other guy a shot to see if he wins the starting job. And if he doesn't, they have another guy behind him. Yeah. And they want somebody. And Nick Saban said this. I want somebody to win the job. So we will see what they do. Ended up doing. Uh, let's hit some of the games this weekend, though. There's not a lot going on this weekend. It's not a great weekend of college football. It is the preseason week three. Yes. Where we had some great games going in in the last couple of weeks and all the TV games. There's a reason why ESPN game day is at Colorado versus Colorado State. Yeah. Because there's not I mean, a big game that you could be at otherwise that really deserves it. College football, can we do better than this? Can we do better than week I, three well, having this I, lineup? I, I – I'm. I think in the near future it will be. There will be. There will be big money. There will be big money games every single week because the TV uh, studios are more and more controlling what's happening. Yeah. And so they'll go into. I get you don't want to do that. Don't play anybody the first two weeks. We don't care. We're not going to put you on TV then. But hey, if you like, especially some of the smaller schools, be like, yeah, go ahead and like you go. If you're number twenty two on the in the the AP top twenty five, maybe you should be playing a big game week three. Let's get, start scheduling those bigger games and have something where we can get something in there. There are some games that have – I pulled some games that where the lines are around one score. Well, because this is where you can kind of push – if a line gets to – like the game last night, Miami was a 53-point favorite oh my over Bethune-Cook. They did not cover, by the way. I believe it was 48-7, to seven, I think, was so the final. That's so many points. Yeah. 53 is an insane amount of points. <laughs> and they got close. They were up 48-0. to zero. So they were one score away, and then Bethune Cook ends up scoring at the end of the game. So then it was not even close. What yeah. a terrible line. But <laughs> but it was reasonable that they could have gotten there. But that's what I'm saying. There's a lot more of those games that are 24, like three or four score game lines. Uh, first one I'll give you, and this is a Big 12 versus SEC. There is implications here because the SEC has not looked good in the non-conference play. Big 12 hadn't looked great either. No, but we beat we beat SEC. We and so we're carrying it for the Big Twelve, and then <laughs> kicking them in the butt on the way out. Okay, yeah, remember, remember, no, but <laughs> but yeah, the SEC has not looked great, uh, and I think they want to step it back up because they are they're playing K State. K State is a ranked team. K State is a good team, but they're playing at Missouri. Uh, that Missouri crowd is going to get up for this game. Kansas State is a four point favorite, which we should tell you because. I think talent-wise, if this game's at K-State, they're probably a two-score favorite. Ooh, like yeah, I think probably. it swings it pretty far that they don't necessarily have the faith of K-State on the road. They don't necessarily have the faith of Will Howard on the road. They don't have the faith of a lot of things on the road for K-State. And playing Big 12 teams when they play in some bigger buildings, uh, in the SEC buildings, bookies and everybody else don't think that, Texas, that the SEC te- or Big 12 teams will respond to well. Uh, and this is K-State's first test. They didn't play anybody in the first two weeks. No, they didn't, and they also beat this team forty to twelve last year. Yeah, so I they could. I, I think this one is going to be a game that's pretty. That'll be somewhat close in the first half, and then in the second half, K State's talent and you know the same thing where they you see a lot of games them. when you go and the, the crowd gets a little bit more tired in the <laughs> second half, yeah. and you come out of halftime, and then if you're able to kind of take momentum out of the half, the crowd may never get back into it. Yeah, like you know, it's hard. It's hard to get a crowd back into it without a big play or you know a turnover or something where everybody's oh we're back in it. But if you're down seven 
and then K State makes it fourteen, and then all of a sudden it's seventeen or twenty one. You know, you're you're starting to plan activities after the game. The sun's starting to feel a little bit hotter on you out there in the stadium. So I I, I think the K-State rallies in the second half and and handles it. I know a lot of people are picking Missouri in this game, though. So there is is people that think that on the road that Missouri's going to come out playing well. They played well in their first couple games. Uh, But I I would say K-State for me, they'll get the job done. Can I give you exact predictions on all of these since I don't have to live with the consequences? (laughs) Yeah? I don't either. I won't be here on Monday, though. The good good news about me is I have a terrible memory. Okay. Well, the text line doesn't, and the text line will (laughs) let you know. Don't have that idiot Jacob on here ever again. (laughs) 512-337-3776. So I got K-State in this one, 28-21. Yeah. Yeah, that's about... I mean, I could see it being two scores, uh, maybe not 14, but 10 uh, for K-State, just in the second half. I could see them pulling away Yeah. Uh, just because I think that they're they're just a better team. Uh, let's go over to Minnesota versus UNC. North Carolina looked great against South Carolina in the second half. They looked terrible against Appalachian State. Uh, Drake May mm-hmm. has not. App State is scary. At, they are. We know they're <laughs> upset specialists. But Drake May hasn't looked like the guy that, you know, where he was going to be number two, and, and again, pick. Yeah. this was something I mentioned before. Like, do you remember Sam Howell when he was there, and yeah. Sam Howell was supposed to be the consensus number one overall pick before his senior year, and then went back and it wasn't good. Yeah, and and part of it was the O line, and part of it, but it was, I think their Mac Brown system and stuff. You're able to kind of figure it out, and and he and he'll be better as the season goes on. But I will give him this: UNC has some running backs. So they the first game, British Brooks, who's a great story, he basically missed two seasons of football For due what? to injury. Oh, okay. Uh, and then decided to come back again. And it was like, look, I have something to prove. I want to come back. Rushes for 103 yards, 6.9 yards per carry in week one. Goodness. But then he has some bruises on his leg, so he's got a little stiffness, you know, with his injury problems and everything. Mac Brown's like, cool, I'm going to bench you. I think our backup running back is actually pretty good, too. Amarion Hampton goes in week two. For 234 yards, 9 yards per carry. So they have some running backs on this UNC team. They can get the ball and run the ball. So even if Drake May isn't necessarily killing it right now as a quarterback, they can run the ball. They got some dogs in the backfield. And Minnesota can run the ball too. But I'm just saying UNC's got some special talents in that backfield. The O-line is a really good run-blocking O-line. So there is something to be said about this UNC team. I, I... I think that they're a seven-point favorite. I'm, I would say that they win this game, but I'm not gonna. I wouldn't say that they cover. They win more by one score. Oh, so, I will. You're I gonna will. say they blow it out. I'll say UNC 31, Minnesota 21. Okay, okay, I like it. I like it. I just after last week, Mac Brown is well. Like I love Mac Brown. He's given me a lot of joy as a Texas fan. But there's something about that guy, especially at UNC. Where every time I try and defend him and be like, Mac Brown, no, look, he's doing great. He's doing great. He will come out and while I'm trying to show someone the game, make me look like the biggest idiot in the world. <laughs> well, it's because he knows. Yeah. He knows. He's aware. So I can't, I'm just going to not talk good about him and then hopefully it works out. That's my, I'm going to do reverse psychology on Mac Brown in the world that I somehow affect things. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, the over-under is set at 51, so that's why I went 31-21. It is, yeah. Just, it is 51, and I, I think that that'll be – I think they'll hit it because I think they'll hit the over, but it'll be close. Uh, Tennessee at Florida. Tennessee is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I This one I don't – I get, look. Milton, the quarterback for uh, Tennessee, is having his issues at quarterback. 
Uh, the stat is he is 2 of 11 on passes over 15 yards. What's wrong with that? 2 of 11. <laughs> Fifteen yard over fifteen yards. Oh, two of eleven. Two of oh, eleven. Okay. Yeah. That means nine of those. No, that's not a great number. Did not. We're not complete. <laughs> uh, and Mertz is not doing much better for Florida, but it's so you know when you see what Hinton Hooker could do last year for Tennessee and what everybody thought Hinton Hooker was going to be in that hypo system, that you know if if Milton starts to figure out how to get that deep ball a little bit better and get the because that's not even that deep fifteen yards. Uh, if he's able to get those passes getting down a little bit better, then Tennessee's a much better team, and they run away with it. Uh, you just kind of have to push him now to try and throw those downfield passes, play man coverage if you're Florida. Uh, both have had uh, terrible penalty games. Uh, Tennessee had 10 penalties in a game. Florida had nine in a game. My goodness. So there's issues on both of those of just mismanagement and youth and, and people not focusing. Yeah, uh, lazy, but I, yeah. But I will – I look – I can't. I can't support what's happening in Florida. That team. That team uh, needs some help. They do not seem like they're figuring it out. That that game against Utah, with just how many mental mistakes there were, uh, I, I think that Tennessee is able to be a better team. I, I'm surprised the line is at five and a half. I I would have figured. You go. Yeah. Well, you're. I mean, Tennessee's probably going to give it away three or four times in this yeah. game. Well. Not so fast. Not so fast. Not so fast. Uh, since I'm sitting in Rod Baber's chair, the one he usually sits in, can I give you a stat? Yes, sir. So the Vols have lost nine in a row in Gainesville, Florida. Okay. So I'm taking Florida 31-24. All right. I, you know what? I like it. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's one a nice more. answer, Jacob. That's yeah. Yeah, good good try. Good effort. <laughs> good try. Uh, we got one more game before we get out. TCU in Houston. Big 12 play starting. Uh, TCU is a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, Donovan Smith needs to step it up for T uh, for Houston to have any shot in this game. TCU is is TCU is the Colorado game an anomaly? They just weren't. They did not respect Colorado. They didn't know what to come out, and they just got they made smacked. it personal. And they're gonna they're gonna start to figure it out. Chandler Morris and everybody's gonna figure it out, and they'll be fine. Houston lost to Rice last week, so they're gonna be coming out pissed off too. Like both these teams have a loss on their record that they did not think they were going to have. Embarrassing, yeah, yeah. So is this? I Donovan Smith does everything for Houston, but if you're so it makes it a little bit easier for TCU to go stop him right. and we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, is it? Do you think TCU is, is that was a more of an anomaly, or is that going to be the story of TCU season and kind of the Sunny Dykes? Once he gets that pinnacle, it falls off and that's it goes down. I'm not going to go as far as to say it's the story of the season, but I do think it continues for one more week. I think Houston gets their first Big 12 win Ooh. tomorrow, 35-31. to 31. I like that. I Can like I give you that. another stat? I like it. Give it to me. TCU's secondary is ranked 126th in the nation, only through two weeks. I get it. And but Shador they, Sanders was one of those weeks. Yes, he was, but they've allowed 343 yards per game. I I think Houston goes in there and gets their first Big 12 well, win. What, what was it? Was sure Sidor Sanders had like 500? Yeah, like 493, something yeah, like so that. that yeah, so that evens out that the next game was like 100 yards. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at math, but I think that I think they shut him down the next week. No, I know. They, and, oh. and I think that's part of it is, you know, if Donovan Wilson can, Donovan Smith can take what is given to him, yeah. like Shadur Sanders did, if you're able to kind of figure out what TCU is well, doing. Because that's all Shadur Sanders did, was he just kind of, they just ate him alive. Well, he had to do some backyard football, too. He had to move around yeah. and find Hunter kind of somewhere floating. Yeah, yeah. but Donovan Smith can do that. So that's what he did have to do. I, I think TCU, I'm, I'm not going to sell out that this team is that this team is done. 
It, it wouldn't. It'd be kind of funny if it was, but I'm not gonna go with that. It is. How funny would it be? One to ten. One to ten. <sighs> I'm going eight and a half. I'm. I'm gonna say it's not funny until we beat them. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh sorry. Oh no. Do not put that on your bulletin. Nobody clip this. You're so right. <laughs> well, Jacob Standard said that. The Longhorns go who? Hey man, if Sonny Dykes is worried about what Jacob Standard is saying, I'm doing something right. There you go. We're worried about what you're saying. Say it on the text line, 512-337-3776. Big fat poll today. Which Longhorn defender will have the biggest game on Saturday? Send us that text in. Whatever you want to talk about, any questions or anything uh, you've got going on, you got uh, you want to plug something for this weekend, hit us up, 512-337-3776. We're a show for you guys. There you go. Just offering promotion on the text line. Yeah. yeah. I, we used to say it was, uh, I think it was, it was the show for the people, the show of the people, and then I've always been the show with people. It's it's a much easier line because it's factually accurate. There is a show with people on it. That's what I am. There you go. <laughs> I like people. that. We gotta take a break. We'll be back reading some of your text. 512-337-3776. Right here on the Horn on the Sports Complex, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. We went a little, I'm not, I said the time management, we're having fun on a Friday. <laughs> Appreciate you guys sending your text, 512-337-376. It is a 512 Friday, playing music. You can go check out from some local artists around town. This is my boys in Vallejo playing a big DAC Sace Day September show at Buck's Backyard. Willie Alvarado's going to bring the mariachi band out there, do some, some classical uh, Mexican music. It's going to be a really great time uh, on Saturday night. So if you got some after the game, you want to go down and check out Buck's Backyard my boys in Vallejo. Uh, appreciate the text coming in. We're asking you uh, what defensive player is going to be the star of the game for Texas uh, this Saturday. Send those in. Uh, we've got a lot of Tavondre Sweats in there. Yes, yeah, a, a, a lot of people of those. going for that. Uh, also, send in your predictions. We'll read some of those off, too. I see some of those in there. Predictions. People feel, feel pretty good about there's, Texas. There's some excited Texas there's fans There's some people there. drinking that some, Kool-Aid. I'm with really you. really big Texas fans. I'm, I'm yeah. with you guys. I'm going to drink some Kool-Aid, too. I'm going to drink some Kool-Aid in the break. Give we him about t- five minutes. He'll talk himself right back off of it. <laughs> I know. That Kool-Aid goes, <laughs> just that, that too much sugar <laughs> makes you thirsty again. Yeah. Uh, we got to get, we got to hit one more break real quick. We'll come back. Uh, we'll get back into it. And then uh, we're here till 645 and giving you up to Vandergriff uh, for Vandergriff versus Stony Point. We'll do one more. We'll get into some NFL. We'll read some more of your text. Do all that. Coming back here on the Sports Complex on 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.